Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final uh, Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast betting show of the regular season. I imagine, actually, I know for a fact that we are going to have gambling shows of, uh, during the playoffs and everything, but uh, there's no one else I would rather go through week 17 betting games with than, than Rich Rebar because no one else is going to have no one else is going to have the the facts and the trends like you are buddy <laughs> yeah uh hopefully those come into play week 17 is kind of one of those weird weeks we all know where it's kind of like one foot in the door on the regular season and like one foot in the door kind of like at a preseason-y type feel like exo- or say exhibition we should right. say uh in a way so I mean it's kind of a weird week it's a weird week because you know you're on the DFS circuit as well it's just generally a weird week altogether but it's our last full week in the NFL, and it's hard to resist still uh, betting on these games when we've only got one last full week of it. It is the last full week, and um, you know, so we're doing this on Friday. We've seen a bunch of line moves already. I anticipate yeah. that we're actually probably going to see even more on Sunday because there are a couple teams that are still, um, you know, kind of hanging in the balance. So definitely keep that in mind when you are wagering this week. Probably the number one wagers to consider this week are uh, Team A is playing for a playoff position. Team B is uh, eliminated from the playoff position. Those are those are I think the the best ways to wager uh just overall you you want teams that are trying versus teams that are not trying and the the who cares bulls uh you know who knows who who knows what's going to happen in those games yeah the interesting thing though you would think that so since 2003 teams that need a win to get into the playoffs or have or need help with a with a loss uh in week 17 are 13 and 21 against the spread against teams already eliminated from the playoffs so that even is a little dicey uh to to latch onto as just what we would think is an obvious one team trying versus one team not uh it's just a weird week in general and goofy things happen so not even that is as foolproof as we'd like it to be it's true yeah so uh (laughs) let's go ahead let's go ahead and get into it your your number five pick is who 
So I'm on the, on the record for what I am personally betting uh, because I don't have a super contest entry. I think the way we, we do this show, and I'm saying we because I just Jeff weaseled my way into this show. It's literally, like, literally, I think you've been on like eight weeks in a row. So is that next year? Me and you just do a super contest or, or, or do it, and we just we we, we just should we should do a super contest. Uh, yeah, show. that might be the that might be at the off season pitch. But uh, I'm on the record. I'm going to play more game totals this week than I am total lines because of uh, the reasons we kind of talked about in the open. Uh, so my first one is a terror, because I'm about to talk about some terrible teams that I actually think are like solid, decent bets if you are playing lines, but they're generally terrible teams. So it's really tricky. And the last, uh, the first one I'm going to say, because confidence is really hard to inspire the worst team in the NFL, but the Bengals, if you can get them at more than a field goal, uh, a field goal or, or plus, I think are a decent bet. So Cleveland has been a road favorite, uh, Three times, uh, three times the season, and they've been a road favorite against Devlin Hodges, Brandon Allen, uh, and the Arizona Cardinals. And not only have they not covered any of those games, they've outright lost all three. Yeah. Uh, and they so they played the Bengals in Week 14. They beat the Bengals by eight at home, but it was also in a game that they had a defensive touchdown uh, mm-hmm. in that game as well. So listen, it's ugly. Uh, but you know, the Browns have been like a pretty like profitable team to bet against all year. Uh, the Bengals have already secured that bag of the Burroughs bag. So, uh, the Burrow bag, I should say. Uh, so, I mean, they are, they could be game here. I think if you get them at a field goal or plus, uh, they're a decent, decent wager. Cause the Browns have basically quit on the season. Yeah. I have, I have no issues with that one. Not one of my picks, but yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to catch me. You're not going to catch me, uh, you know, saying you shouldn't bet against this freaking Browns team. Cause it's just, I, and, and by the way, they might not have Odell Beckham in this game. They, they, I mean, theoretically they could bench. Why would they the play bets. him? Yeah. Why would they even play Odell Beckham? Cause he needs 46 receiving yards to get another thousand yard season. That's the only Is that reason. even a lock if he plays the whole game. <laughs> The last time that they played Cincinnati, he had four targets, two catches, and 28 yards. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, not, not a lock if he plays the whole game. Um, my, my number five pick, and you're going to see a couple of these with these, these huge giant numbers, but it is the New Orleans Saints minus 13 against the Carolina Panthers. Because, I mean, like, dude, I mean, you're, you're not, it's very hard to beat Vegas on these numbers, right? Like these numbers have, you know, just millions of dollars pouring into them. Minus 13 is the right number. And I think, but I think the only way this doesn't hit is if, you know, Sean Payton's assistants are selling him on the sideline. Hey, Green Bay's up 35-7 and Drew Brees and Mike Thomas probably don't need to be in there. But I mean, you know what? Even if Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, I think Teddy and Traquan could probably run the score up on this Panthers team too. Yeah, because you've got we've got Will Greer playing again, who was just an abject disaster in his first start. Um, the only thing, only person he can complete passes to was uh, Christian McCaffrey. I also have concerns that uh, you know once McCaffrey gets those sixty-seven receiving yards, that they also get him the hell out of there. What uh, if they? What if they? What if that's not what they want though? And what if they want is the two hundred and sixteen yards? I, that, see that to me feels like a, a bit of a stretch, especially in this game here, because it's he's gonna a huge have to question do... for DFS this week is, is which one do they, do they want the 67 yards or do they want the 216? If you enter a game just saying we can get our running back 216 yards, I think that that's pretty much a fool's errand. Uh, that's even, been even... what their whole team has been for the last month though, has been like, they've just been trying to get him stats. 
But he's but the thing that's killed McCaffrey from that angle is because they've been so bad and they've run so cold and have been just getting dusted by teams. He's run for just sixty two yards per game over the past six weeks. Uh, he's also uh, you know facing a team that just doesn't give up rushing production even in tight games. So he's gonna have to do it all receiving, man. I think that if he's gonna get two sixteen, he's gonna have to I think flirt with like one fifty receiving, and that's a lot from a running back, even for Christian McCaffrey, uh, to just say we're gonna get our running back one hundred fifty receiving yards I don't know man I, I I'm on the shorter end I think that once they get him that thousand thousand I think that there's because there's really not even uh, except for this dumb you know uh you know just just thing to get this because it doesn't even really mean anything uh you know this arbitrary thousand thousand if Chris McCaffrey tears his ACL on Sunday I mean there are gonna be a lot of things we talk about I mean he should yeah he should not be playing but <laughs> You know, Didn't they, last they, year they last year he he was up for something. He, he, in a he game barely played. And they took he him barely out. played in week seventeen, and they took him out. But he needed to get to some kind of arbitrary measure. They got him there and then took him out. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're playing for a thousand thousand because if they think they can just get him 216 total yards, I mean that seems crazy to me. Dude, they, I'm telling you right now <laughs> that is what they think. I'm telling you right now in their meeting room that's what they're planning on. But this game is also on uh, on my on my card too. It is my number three. Uh, but the rest of the, so Christian McCaffrey had 15 catches last week. The rest of the team had 13 of 20 caught 13 of 27 targets. Will Greer was not good. 5.1 yards for pass attempt, and that was against a Colts team that had been terrible the previous month. Yeah. So that, anyways, New Orleans Saints minus 13. I, I think that I think that this one is that one feels pretty solid to me. Actually, my my number four pick is going to be uh, the on the other side uh, of, a, of a huge spread. Uh, interesting. So I wonder if it's going to be the one and I've got one. Yeah, I've got but, a huge spread, and it's the Dolphins. Yeah, same. Uh, Okay, so that's where you're 16 headed. 16 points, dude. Are, we're, we're, we're disrespecting Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and our Laird like this? No way. I mean, and the Dolphins just – we've talked about it a few times on the show over the back half of the season. We've picked the Dolphins a few times. I mean, uh, you know, since coming off of their week five bye, I mean, they're eight and three against the spread. That's the best in the NFL. And then you think about just these two teams and the directions they've been in, uh, you know, where New England's just really relied on that defense. I mean, since Fitzpatrick took back over as a starter in week seven – uh, Miami is actually better than the Patriots in scoring rate per drive and touchdown rate per drive. Now, will they be that strong against well, the Patriots? Defense? The interesting Probably thing not, about but... the Dolphins is is they actually have good players on offense, and the Patriots mm-hmm. have yet to deploy that strategy. Like Mike 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 Gesicki <laughs> would walk in and be the best skill position player on the Patriots right now. He'd definitely be better than any tight end they have. And then Parker is definitely the better boundary receiver than the Patriots have. Obviously, we've seen that. I mean, how egregious is that Mohamed Sanu trade, by the way? Dude, Manny <laughs> Sanders was traded for a fifth-round pick. Just, uh, just very interesting. But, I mean, like you said, it's just too many points. Do I think the Dolphins win here? Absolutely not. But 16 points. Uh, the Patriots haven't been shown that they've had that good of an offense, you know, to really, you know uh, – to just they, to for them to win by sixteen, what do they need? They need to win like thirty to fourteen, right? Like, can they even score thirty? Do we even think that they're capable of scoring thirty on the, on the even the Dolphins right now? It's probably I I I don't think they could score thirty on uh, the Colorado School of Mines right now. <laughs> their their yeah, offense I, I is just it's, it's not high. good. Their offense is not good. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out because we're going to, we could have, you know, Mahomes heading to New England in uh, week two of the postseason here as a dog, probably. 
Well, what if I mean Miami winning this game outright though is is like the that well, is the they're not going to do that. But if it happens, <laughs> it literally would be the best thing ever. Like I would be, I would be so into that with the Chiefs, the Chiefs back in. So yeah, we were we were on the same on that. And basically, I just think, I just think, not no way are the Patriots able to score enough points. I mean, I guess the way in which they would cover this game is multiple defensive touchdowns. I think they cover then. Yeah, I mean that's what you're rooting. Uh rooting against if you take these these points here but i'm with them with taking this many points at this point in the season yeah for sure uh all right so was that your i i assume that was that was my next your mid picks yeah Yeah. okay so my next one and this is uh this line is anywhere from atlanta minus one to tampa bay minus one to just a a straight pick them but I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of the Atlanta-Tampa Bay game, basically just under the supposition that I think Atlanta, first of all, I think Tampa Bay should is probably the better overall team anyways, actually. But, but Atlanta might even just, you know, like, and they did this week 17 last year, is they, they just ended up resting Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. They, they just rested all their dudes mid-game and brought in the backups, and I think they might do that in this one. But also... I mean, Jameis is just like we we saw it last week, and the the, the defense is up to ninth in DVOA now. And mm-hmm. like, while Jameis might be one of the most turnover prone quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, just having a quarterback who can gun the ball down the field like that and is willing to like make those plays is so valuable. Yeah, this game is interesting on a number of levels, and I almost had this with the Tampa Bay side with you on here. Uh, just wanted to have some fun with some bad teams last week. But, uh, you know, Winston is in such a – he's had such a peculiar season, and obviously we don't have to hash that. But, you know, 11 300-yard games. He could – if he throws for 300 yards again, he's basically going to have a top-five passing season in NFL history, which is crazy. And he also has a shot to be the first quarterback ever for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. He in just needs season. to uh, – he just needs to throw, like, 651 yards to break the record for uh, most passing <laughs> yeah, that's yards. That's not that's not gonna happen. But uh, uh, you hit it on the head though with the Falcons side. I mean, they're banged up. Julio's Julio's banged up, which is he's kind of a delicate play too for DFS because he's just been getting jammed at so many targets. You know, it's, is he gonna make it through the game? Is kind of the question. But the Bucks defense has been hot. I mean, over their past six games, they're allowing just six point two yards for pass attempt, and over that span, they faced Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, and Matt Ryan himself. The last time these teams played in Atlanta, they pressured Matt Ryan on 42% of his dropbacks and sacked him six times. Uh, and that's when Atlanta was a little more healthy than they are now and had a little bit more, you know, uh, a little more pride probably going at that point than they do this week 17 game on the road. Uh, so I'm a, I, I support that one as well. Yeah, I, I think that I think that is uh, straight. I think I think it's a I think it's a good side. I think that is certainly the uh, the hashtag sharp side, if you will. And so my next one was the Saints. So. There, boom. I mean, dude, we're just we're just too copacetic. All right, so my next one, I I would imagine that this is going to be the number one, like uh, like uh, the touts, all the touts out there. They're picking this one. It's the Chicago Bears right now. It is uh plus one, but I I bet even by the time you guys listen to this, it's going to be like Chicago minus three. I think I would take Chicago up to minus three, but probably not more than that. But likely that they're going to be playing against Sean Mannion and Laquan Treadwell and uh, Amir Abdullah in this game. Basically, this is going to be one team starters versus the other team's backups here for Chicago, Minnesota. Yeah, pretty easy to call. The Vikings pretty much already came out and uh, said that they're, they plan on resting guys. So pretty easy just to lock in here with Matt Nagy trying to just get some semblance of things correct here and playing. They're playing all their guys. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess like this is this is, like this is an example of why you should bet games early in the week though. Yeah. Because when this when this opened, Minnesota was like I think they were up to minus five, and now like Chicago, like that, that's like an eight point swing. So like that is that's probably one of the biggest illustrations of why um, you should be. Uh, if you're if you're in a contest where the leagues change, like I'm in, a, or where the lines change, like I'm in a couple contests like that where the lines change, but you can lock in the better line if you make your picks early. And uh, but yeah, it's just it's just a huge example of why you should be betting early in the week. Yeah, and we had Mannion start a Week 17 game for the Rams oh, once in in 2017. He started Week 17 against the 49ers and. Uh, they lost 34 to 13. He was pretty bad. He threw for like 160 yards. Uh, so that one I think is a no brainer. 100, 169 yards, took three sacks, didn't throw a pick though. Oh, nice. In his only career NFL start. Good for him. Sean Mannion. <laughs> Sean Mannion's really bad. For those of you who uh, never got to watch him at Oregon State, he is uh, he's one of the worst. So definitely a spot where even Mitch Trubisky is better than Sean Mannion is really what uh, is really what I'm saying. Okay, who is your number two selection? All right, so the, the Bears were my number one. So we're going to go to the uh, – I, I have two here that I'm confident. One didn't make the cut, so I'm going to go with the one I feel as confident. It's just the Giants, man. It's crazy. So we were talking about bad Love teams. It. We talked about the Bengals. I've talked about the Bengals getting points. I've talked about the Dolphins getting points. And now it's the Giants. Just, just four and a half here. This Not only do I think they're a live dog here, like for this number two, it's you're like blowing past the key number at four and a half. Like you're – like it's – it's really a good spot here, I think. So if you look at this, um, the Eagles just haven't traveled at all. They're third in the NFL in points allowed per game at home at 16.8. They're 29th on the road. They're allowing 29 points per game on the road. They're 3-4 and four against the spread on the road. They're 1-2 and two as a favorite on the road. And if you remember, they that last one, the only one they covered was a supreme backdoor cover against Washington a couple weeks ago when they ran a defensive touchdown in the last play of the game uh, that didn't matter for the, the game. Uh, but I still think that this Eagles team is, is pretty flawed. Uh, you know, they beat the Giants and Eli, and they needed overtime to do it in week 14. Zach Ertz is now banged up, add to their growing list of just offensive players that are hurt. Lane Johnson still is hurt. Uh, the Giants are 4-1 and one against the spread uh, over their past five games. And going back to the, the road, Eagles just not traveling. The last two quarterbacks they faced on the road were Dwayne Haskins, who threw for 9.3 yards per attempt, completed 69% of his passes, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who just absolutely shredded them for 9.4 yards per pass attempt. So it's not like they've been getting going on the road and getting blasted by good teams. Uh, you know, they're, they've got a chance to give up some points here because this Giants team is capable of putting up points, a lot of points, and Daniel Jones is capable of, like, these spike weeks. He's one of these, like, fun, bad quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll throw, like – He'll have three turnovers, but he'll also have games where he throws four touchdown passes. You know, he's got, what, five games at four more touchdown passes this year. So he's capable of these spike weeks, too. So, I mean, the Eagles better not just think they beat the Cowboys, that they can just walk in and uh, the Giants are going to lay down because I don't think that that's the case. And um, I think four and a half is too many here. Four and a half, I, I agree. Like, just, I mean, the Giants are actually, like, pretty good on offense, right? Their, their problems are mostly defensively, mm-hmm. but – what are the Eagles going to do? Are the Eagles going to crack 20 in this game? Like, I don't know. Their, their offense has just been it's, – it's left so much to be desired that, uh, you know, that I, I, I'm completely with you on this one. And uh, I, I can't have this as a bettable game, though, because I so <laughs> badly want the Giants to win so that Dallas uh, can just freaking make the playoffs after all. But 
My number one game, <laughs> not 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 mentioned on your list, Seattle plus three and a half at home against the, the 49ers. One, yeah. yeah, I so I know that the Seahawks have just looked like this completely incompetent team the last two weeks, but uh, this is my galaxy brain theory. The injuries to all these running backs, it's going to make them have to just pass. Like they're just not going to have a choice because they're not going to want to run Travis Homer 20 times in what's basically like a must-win game for them. And they're actually going to be calling their most efficient offense for the first time this year in a must-win game. And I like I think that's going to bear extremely well for them. And also, I've been of the opinion the whole season long that the 49ers are not nearly as good as their results have shown. So I think that uh, – like I think this should be a Seattle minus two game, not Seattle plus three and a half at home. Yeah, I have it as 49ers minus two, so you're getting value at the three and a half still, uh, which which I like. They said you're blowing past the key number again. Uh, but under Russell Wilson, Seattle is nine and two at home in prime time. Uh, they're 16-4-1 against the spread in those games. And I just think that the, the market took these injuries uh, and overvalued them. You know, one, because they are running backs. So Dwayne Brown counts as well. Dwayne Brown is, is a key loss in this matchup, but uh, – he Russell Wilson's only been a home dog in his career eight times. He's there. He's six and two against the spread uh, as a, as a home dog. Uh, so I mean, I just think that it's just there. The, the line has been has swung too far in the other direction. And you know, the 49ers have given up 29 points uh, and 31 points in the past two games. Uh, so they can give up some points still too. So I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I just think that it's swung too far. I think it should be something like two, like Niners minus two. Uh, so to get three and a half, I think is a lot of, is is getting value. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that – it just – it seems weird. It just seems weird for the Seattle Seahawks to be this big of home dogs. Like, I – and maybe maybe I'm wrong about the 49ers. Maybe the 49ers are just way better than I am projecting them to be or that, that I think they are, but – I mean, they show I, up I well know. in everything. Uh, they show up as one of the more complete teams in the NFC. But this game is, like, very pivotal. I don't know if they'll outright win at Seattle. I mean, that's why I said I think, like the value you're getting on the line. But it, them getting home field is way more important than the 49ers. Like, yeah, Seattle, Seattle won getting that by and then having teams come through Seattle where Russell Wilson, they're undefeated in the postseason in Seattle. Uh, that, it's, it's very crucial for them to, to win this game. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely massive for them too. It's absolutely massive because that's not a team that I don't think you or I believe can win three straight games in the playoffs against three good teams. Definitely, it's definitely true that I I don't think I mean I don't think I don't think any like the only the only teams that I think are good in all of football are the Saints, Chiefs, and Ravens, and I think everyone else is like varying degrees of of like mediocre after that. Yeah, see, I think the 49ers are close there, especially going in and beating New Orleans and New Orleans. That was tr- uh, that if, was a huge game. Yeah. If they're if they're healthy. But I'm with you. But uh how bad is it uh that after 17 weeks of us trashing Aaron Rodgers that they're gonna get a bye and like he he, he might be able to backdoor this thing on us? <sighs> you, they, you really you really hate to see it. And you know what though? Like them them losing them losing to the 49ers is gonna be is gonna be great. Like it, like that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big fat dunk. <laughs> yeah, just like we got to bet it the first time. Yeah, like that. That would be that would be a pretty good one. Uh, I I kind of uh, we talked about futures a little bit, but I I do I'm thinking I actually think Chiefs Ravens is gonna be uh it's gonna be quite a game because I I do I think the winner of that like the more I watch these two teams play because Kansas City's defense is actually good now. Or, or, or passable at least. And 
I, I don't know. I think I think those two teams are are the clear favorites for the Super Bowl. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. I'm a, I've been on the Chiefs uh, as the one of the better bets to make for the last few weeks here. I think a lot of people have, are starting to catch on to them now, but they were a team that we were waiting to get healthy. And we talked about them too with Damian Williams. I mean, listen, Damian Williams, we took an L on in fantasy this year. But he, every time he plays, like they play him and they want him to be like the guy in the backfield because of what he could do in terms of versatility. So, I mean, uh, him getting right in the playoffs, I think, is big for this offense because we've seen the last three games he's healthy. He's had almost 100 yards of scrimmage in all three of those games, and the offense has looked better. So, listen, we took the Allen fantasy, but he's still important to what they want to do. It's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, do we, uh, do we, are we, is there anything else we need to josh to the people today? Uh, I mean, not really. Just, you know, good luck this week. we got one last week. Hopefully the DFS hits. Hopefully the bets pick. Uh, and then we start Man, really play, throwing dude, some. I need, I need Harbaugh <laughs> to come out and say, McSorley's not playing. We're giving four quarters to RG3. That's what I need. I mean, how excited are you to watch Brett Hundley versus Blake Bortles on Sunday? It, I mean, dude, if Bortles is starting that game, I'm all in on him. I love I'm, Blake Bortles. I mean, how do you – I mean, I'm ready, I'm ready to play some Bortles in DFS. Yeah, I'm. I'm so. I'm so ready for it. I, in fact, if we got if we got Hundley versus Bortles, I would bet the Rams for sure. That would be that'd be one of my bigger bets this week. I think. <laughs> I just want to be able to play Bortles at DFS, man. Yeah, same. <laughs> all right, man. Everyone, make sure to check out Rich's stuff over at SharpFootball.com. He's got all the good stuff. Uh, Warren Sharp has his picks and his advanced stats. Also, a free stats page over there at SharpFootball.com. Check out all of our stuff over at RotoExperts.com. All the NFL DFS stuff at DailyRoto.com. And we will be back next week. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.